นะครับนโมทัสสะบาวะโตวะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทัสสะนโมทัสสะบาวะโตวะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทัสสะนโมทัสสะบาวะโตวะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทัสสะบูดามดามสังกัมนามาสามีสวัสดีครับวันนี้เป็นโอกาสให้เราตั้งใจฟังสิ่งที่เราฟังในธรรมะนี่คือวันที่สี่ของการปฏิบัติธรรมะที่เราได้รับมาด้วยกันไม่ว่าจะเป็นที่มหาวิทยาลัยที่ไหนหรือออนไลน์ Can everyone hear? Okay. Okay. And those that have gathered here on this retreat are those with faith, faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. Set, so may you set your hearts to listen to the Dhamma, to listen to the Dhamma teachings of the Buddha, the Buddha who taught these teachings for the sake of true happiness to arise in our lives. According to the strength and energy of the parami, the spiritual virtues that we've cultivated, and so these teachings give rise to more and more merit, more and more parami as we practice them. So, as Dhamma practitioners, we set our minds to listen to the Dhamma, and most that are listening have faith already. And practice generosity as a normal part of their practice. They practice generosity and make merit already. And then at certain times, then they observe the five precepts, at least one day a week or two days a week, or if they have more strength and energy, in five, six, or seven days a week, according to their opportunity and strength. And we come together on a retreat like this, and we have more strength and energy, so we can go from the five precepts to the eight precepts. And this helps us not to have agitation and trouble in seeking out food, because we only eat before midday, even if we have two meals. We don't have dinner. We don't have an evening meal, and this can improve our health. Because if we have too much food, then our health declines. We also don't we don't go seeking out entertainment or shows. Instead, we practice to see the body as something not beautiful, and not seeking out entertainment. We have more time to practice. Then, an important point is not to seek out pleasure and happiness in sleeping. And seeking out pleasure in sleeping is something we've experienced before. Something that leads the mind to proliferate even more, seeking out pleasure in sleep, makes the mind not clean and not bright. So we increase our virtue, our morality, like this, and this gives us more strength and energy for dhamma practice. And then for those that are interested, they train and practice mindfulness and samadhi. This quality of peace and collectedness of mind. 
And when we have generosity and virtue well established, the benefit of that is happiness. But still the mind has proliferation, has thinking about all the different moods and sense impressions that we encounter in our lives. Thinking good thoughts, thinking bad thoughts, and we can't stop this. But it's an important point here not to try to control one's thoughts in this way. Because we think about various things, both meritorious and demeritorious, good and bad. And we try not to think bad thoughts, not to think thoughts of anger or greed or hatred, aversion, and so on. We only want to have good thoughts but this is, we can't achieve this, and so when we want only good thoughts and never to have bad thoughts, then we suffer because the bad thoughts still arise. This is something Dharma practitioners have fear of. They fear demerit, they fear bad thoughts, fear that which is unwholesome. But we need to understand that when we set our hearts to practice, we want the mind to be pure but just because we want it to be that way doesn't mean that the mind is immediately pure. Because these minds of ours have been going about the cycle of birth and death, birth and death for a very long time already. Even if we look at just this one lifetime, we've had these feelings of liking and disliking coming and going, coming and going for a very long time already. Even in a single day, how many times do you experience liking and disliking? In a month or in a year, how many times does liking and disliking arise in the mind? So most of us are over 30 years old here, or 40, 50, 60, and so on. And so one can consider that the amount of liking and disliking that's arisen and ceased in the mind is a lot already. So it, even it, as it, even though it arises and ceases, it's part of the anusaya kilesa, and we have a delusion about this. And so, with regards to karma, all actions of body and speech are karma, and actions of mind are mano karma. So, in terms of our body and speech, we train and control our behavior of body and speech to not do bad actions of body or speech, to abandon unwholesome behavior. But the actions of mind are karma as well. So we practice and train to abandon that which is unwholesome and bad. But don't think to not want bad thoughts at all and to only want good thoughts. Because if you think like this, it'll just cause you suffering you won't be able to achieve it and you'll suffer. So you have to set your mind in the middle way to see that these good and bad thoughts coming and going, it's just normal, it's natural. All these moods and sense impressions arise, stay for a little while and cease. It's just like eating food. We may be vegetarian, and there's no bones in our food, but for those that eat meat, there's bones, uh, chicken bones, pork bones, and so on. 
And the bones we don't eat, we don't use them. And similarly, fish bones, we don't use them, we just throw them away, we just eat the meat. So throwing away the bones and just eating the meat, this is the behavior of one with wisdom. So to think bad thoughts is normal, to think demeritorious thoughts is normal. But we just don't cling, just let them go according to their nature, and then we don't suffer. Because we have this sense of self in the mind, we're lost and deluded by it. We think or take these thoughts to be self. Whether it's a good thought or a bad thought, we cling to it as self. And we have this liking and disliking arise for these sense impressions. This gives rise to suffering. This is something that Lumpu Cha taught during my first range retreat. That we get a good thought, just let it go, and you act on that good thought. And when you have a bad thought, just let it go completely. Abandon that which is unwholesome, do that which is wholesome, purify the mind and try to train and control the mind to gather in samadhi. And if the mind is very distracted and thinking a lot and thinking fast, then recite Bhutto very fast as well. Bhutto, 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 or Bhutto Dhammo Sangho. Or for short, you can just repeat Bhutto, Bhutto, Bhutto very quickly to control the busyness of the mind. This is an important point. This helps one to abandon the unwholesome, to do the wholesome. So whether sitting meditation or walking meditation, if you just let the mind wander around, then this isn't right effort. Right effort is to cultivate mindfulness, to watch over the mind, to use, and we can use wisdom to train the mind, to contemplate. To contemplate the body is impermanent, unstable, uncertain. We can look at the breath. The breath arises, stays for a little while, and ceases. And we see that our minds, they don't want old age, don't want sickness, don't want death. But if we don't get oxygen for just five minutes, the body degrades right there and dies right there. And why is this? We see the body is just the body, the mind is just the mind. But the untrained mind that we have just clings to all of these phenomena as self, clings to the body and mind. But in truth, these phenomena, the body and mind, they just arise according to conditions. When there's insufficient water, the body dies. When there's no breath, it dies. With no food, it dies. With no heat or fire element, it dies. We can see even if it rains a lot and it's very high humidity, the body can get sick from that. Or if it's too cold or too hot, insufficient or too much fire element, then the body gets sick as well. Or if the air isn't pure or there's insufficient oxygen, too much carbon dioxide, this can make us sick as well. And for instance, we wear a mask. We may wear a mask a lot these days. We can feel uncomfortable because we want oxygen, need oxygen. We need food, we need water. 
and we see that this body is a pile of suffering, a pile of dukkha. So we use our wisdom to contemplate the body as dukkha, as suffering, as stressful. To contemplate the body as merely a heap of impermanence, suffering and not-self. Contemplating in this way, the mind can gather together, to gather in samadhi. In practicing like this, the mind can gather and we can see the Dhamma, experience the Dhamma, see that everything degrades and passes away. We see emptiness. We see our true home. So practice like this, do it like this. Use wisdom to train your mind in this way, to contemplate in this way. For people that think a lot, this is appropriate. So it's for one with mindfulness and wisdom, and one with mindfulness and wisdom, they may not like only doing Bhutto. If they only recite Bhutto, they feel bored of it. They don't want to do it. So it may be like this. If that's the case, use wisdom to bring your mind to peace and collectedness, to contemplate and train in contemplation, to see the body as a heap of these four elements of earth, air, fire, and water a heap of impermanence, suffering, and not-self. This is important in our Dhamma practice, to use wisdom to train our minds to become peaceful. So we may have different livelihoods in the world, and for instance, farming rice, or if our country doesn't farm rice, then farming other crops, we may be a lawyer, or a doctor, nurse, or architect, and so on. Whatever profession that we're skilled in, we use it to obtain the four requisites of food, shelter, clothing, and medicine to care for ourselves and for our families. We come together to practice the Dhamma, and what we need is the mind that's peaceful the mind that's separate from the five hindrances of sensual desire, ill will, sloth and torpor, restlessness and worry, and skeptical doubt. And we see that these five hindrances are that which cover over the mind all the time. Whether we have a, the eye seeing a form, or the ear hearing a sound, the tongue with a taste, the nose with a smell, the body with touches, and the mind with mind objects. These five hindrances arise all the time in relation to these six senses. Now we have liking, we have disliking, we have agitation, busyness of mind, we have ill will, sleepiness, drowsiness, we have doubt about the Dhamma path. These arise all the time. This is the mind that's not in samadhi. And this is these are the things that hinder the mind of practitioners trying to train their minds. So we try to gather our minds together, to have mindfulness, to be able to bring our minds to peace and have mindfulness watch over and care for our minds. So whether it's an experience of sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, or mind object, various feelings arise. And when these feelings arise, we then teach our mind right there that this experience is unsure, it's uncertain, it's unstable, it's impermanent. 
And when there's liking and disliking, we teach right there, that's also unsure, it's impermanent. This is the way to give rise to wisdom. Because the object, the mind object of vipassana, insight practice is anicca, dukkha, anatta, impermanent stress and not self. This is the way to true wisdom. And in our minds, it's, this is also where the kilesas arise, right here at the six senses of sound, taste, touch, sight, smell, mind objects. So you have to take care right at this point. And we see that this is all rupa, all materiality. And we see rupa as emptiness. And when we see rupa as emptiness, we see that visual forms are a type of rupa, type of form. Sounds are a subtle type of form. Uh, taste, touch, smell, and so on are subtle types of form. Mind objects, we can call it dhamma rupa. And whatever type of object it is, they all arise and cease all the same. So we see that all rupa, all materiality is empty. When we see that form is emptiness, and we see that emptiness is also form. And because form is, in truth, is empty, and we see emptiness is also form, and therefore we don't cling to any of it as self. We see physical form, all form, is empty. Emptiness is form. It's not different at all. Everything is empty, and everything is Buddha. We understand this, and this is true wisdom. This is the object of impermanent suffering and not self. So take the mind to contemplate right here. Do it a lot. Contemplate in this way. If the mind has a lot of busyness and distractedness, then contemplate. And if the mind's not able to contemplate, then you can watch the breath come in and out. And do this a lot. If the mind is still agitated, then breathe in deeply. Breathe in very deeply and breathe out deeply. Do this three times. You can recite Bhutto with the breath, Bhut on the in-breath, and Do on the out-breath. And if one finds that one is controlling the breath too much, then just sit still, make the mind empty and spacious. Bring the mind to emptiness and spaciousness, because at this point one needs to relax the mind bring the mind to a state of ease and relaxedness, such that we don't give rise to problems with our bodily health or problems with our mind. So this is walking the path of sila, samadhi, and panya, the path to destroy the defilements, of craving, and attachment, to give rise to cessation. So may you contemplate to give rise to samadhi. This can bring the mind to gotrabhunyana, Gotrabhujita, the change of lineage knowledge, the change of lineage mind. One sees the body as suffering, not self, and impermanent. The mind is empty according to various levels. Clear understanding arises. We see the body for what it is, a pile of elements of anicca, dukkha, anatta. The mind gathers together and sees the Dhamma, sees the Buddha. So may you contemplate the body like this. 
contemplate the body as earth, air, fire, and water that degrades and passes away. Contemplate the body as something not beautiful. And this is all to give rise to clear seeing, to see all form and all mentality, to see it according to truth, to give rise to samadhi, the energy of samadhi in the mind. Because in the beginning, we don't have a lot of samadhi. But don't give up, don't retreat. Just keep setting your heart on the practice first and foremost. And then when we keep setting our heart on the practice more and more, samadhi does arise. Rapture, happiness, and ease arise. These qualities which take care of the mind. So as Dhamma practitioners, may you have effort in this. So in these days of retreat, may you sleep little, speak little, eat little. And for those joining online as well, you have a lot of firm intent. You're really setting your hearts on this practice. This is something to be proud of. So I rejoice with your practice, with your firm intent. May you realize the flavor of Dhamma. May you experience the Dhamma in your practice. May you all grow and develop in your practice.